there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! It's Thursday night and welcome to the Go Radio Football Show. I'm Mark Goody and joined this evening by Stephen McGinn and Craig Moore. And I'm standing in once again for Paul Cooney, who's away on. A wee few days uh, break and I hope he is enjoying himself. Tonight, we've got plenty to talk about as ever and if you want to join us, you can dial in 0808 17 17 700 to get through to Craig and Stephen. You can also send in your messages to WhatsApp and the various social media outlets. So please feel free to join us on the show tonight. What have we got? We're going to talk about Celtic. We're getting ready to clinch the title on Sunday away to Hearts. We're going to talk about Rangers, another high-profile departure. We've got big news coming from Craig Moore on that. And we'll look back with Steve McGinn on the Scottish Cup semi-final uh, game between Falkirk and Inverness last weekend. Stephen unfortunately lost to Inverness. And we'll get the boys' thoughts too on the delayed kick-off time to half-past five for the Scottish Cup final on June the 3rd between Celtic and Inverness. So as ever, with a busy show, you can raise any point you want. So phone into the boys, 0808 17 17 700 and we'll get your views on whatever you want to ask the guys. Stephen McGinn, Celtic going for the title on Sunday, away to Hearts or 1-1 uh, away from securing it. Do you think you'll get the, the three points on Sunday at Tynecastle? Wrap it up this weekend. Um, obviously, the not ideal for for them. The amount of Celtic fans that will not be in the ground. I think they're looking for the for the home tie uh, after the split. But with with how they played the last time they they went to Tynecastle, I'm fully expecting a Celtic victory. Kigmer. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that uh, the way that Celtic have performed all season um, has, has been outstanding. The depth of the squad, you know, there may be changes, Mark. There were, there were a couple of injuries. Uh, but I would expect, even though Hearts uh, under Naismith uh, got a really good result against Ross County, and I'm sure will show a, a decent fight, I just think Celtic are going to to be too too strong, and obviously, the the title will be officially clinched, I believe, against Hearts. And Rangers, um, Andrew Dixon, who's been at the club for yeah. many years, nearly thirty years, he's been there when you were um, yes. at Rangers, the latest sort of high-profile name to go: Ross Wilson, Craig Mulholland, Stuart Robertson. Mm -hmm. And Douglas Park, the chairman. Yes. Um, of course, what's your view on what's been happening in the past few days, Craig? Well, look, I tell you what, John Bennett has um, has come in and and looks as if he's been very decisive in terms of you know that, the action that has been taken um, with the the departures, as you've mentioned. I mean, Andrew Dixon has been uh, three decades, I believe, uh, at Rangers. Um, but I, I think it is a time now where under under the new chairman, John Bennett. Uh, there, there's clearly going to be a, a restructure um, off the field. Uh, I think a lot of the people that are sort of like leaving the building, though, Mark, I think the fans have, have had sort of like strong views on that for, for some time. So I, I don't think there's going to be huge disappointment around about the departures. 
The most important thing now, though, is to make sure that um, the right people are able to to come into that football club. Yeah. Um, and, and enable the club to progress because these changes are being made because there's obviously a, a situation where they're not happy with the way things are going. Changes need to be made on and off the field. So certainly a massive, massive off-season for, for Rangers. I mean, we know that Michael Beale has to bring in, you know, five, six, seven, eight players. It could depend how many leave. Mm -hmm. But it's just as important, as you say, to get the right people in off the pitch because this is a chance for change and a chance to do it properly. Yeah, and, and some, some really, really key roles, Mark. I mean, whether or not they, they look at the director of football role um, that, that Ross Wilson uh, previously uh, occupied, the academy director for me is a, is a massive, massive um, position at the football club. Uh, it needs to be a strong link uh, between, obviously, academy football and that transition to, to professional first-team football at the club. Um, very, very important, you know, because... You're spending clubs are spending a lot of money on developing these players, but they need to they need to have the right mentality, most importantly, and and the right education to understand what that transition looks like. And more players need to get there. Stephen, do you think that the Rangers Academy has produced enough players in the past ten years? Probably not enough in terms of, um, especially when they were they were down the leagues. There was that opportunity to, to produce probably more players. Um, Obviously, the success of a Nathan Patterson probably covers the the worth of the academy for a good few years. But just on the just on the departures, I mean, it is something that it's unusual for so many off the field departures, especially as Craig says, guys have been there for a long time. And the Rangers have had a disappointing season, and usually the consequences are for the manager and for the players. In this case, it seems to be. As Craig says, John Bennett's came in and on and off the park. He's wanting to change. He's wanting to move the, the club forward and um, it seems to be happening on and off the park. Ross Wilson's a guy you've worked with uh, early in your career down south. What did you make of, of his contribution at Rangers? Listen, these, these roles w w within buildings, you see more of it. Um, of, of ultimately, he's judged on who he signs, how the team performs. Um you hear, I can only speak of my experience working at Watford. I loved working with them at Watford. The staff loved them. Um, administrative stuff, organisation, I thought he was top drawer. Wasn't surprised when, when he was picked up by Huddersfield and gone on to Southampton. And then when he goes into Rangers, your first thought is he is going to be popular. He's going to um, do good things at Rangers. And by all accounts, he's, he has moved the club forward in the background. But the last, as, as Craig says, the Rangers fans weren't happy. Um, with him or Stuart Robertson they made that quite clear um, you're always going to be in that role judged on recruitment and for the last couple of windows it hasn't been good enough We'll get uh, Barry Ferguson said last night Craig, yeah. not sure that Rangers will replace um, Ross Wilson mm -hmm. in terms of bringing a director of football technical yeah. director whatever you want to label it I want to get your views on that but yeah. before we do we're going to go on the lines we're going to speak to Paul who's a Rangers fan Paul's dialed 0808 17 17 700 good evening Paul uh, Evening Mark evening guys thanks for letting me on um, I just a, a couple of points. Um, I'll start off with a, maybe a couple of football headlines if you want after the Scottish Cup final. Mm -hmm. If you're interested, um, I could see it going two ways, right? You could have the headline Super Cali, Go Ballistic Celtic Atrocious, right? It's been or, done before that one, that headline. Um, Super Celtic, Go Ballistic Cali Atrocious version two. Hopefully it's the first one I'll go for, right? But uh, there's a potential headline, right? Uh, so, no, listen, my main point is, I know there's a restructure of Rangers taking place. 
Um, me personally, I, I was a wee bit worried that the Union Bears, people pay hard-earned money, no season tickets, merchandise and everything else, were kind of getting uh, the voice taken away, if you want to say that. Um, and I was worried about that, to be honest, right? But I'd always said Ross Wilson and Stuart Robertson, to me, my opinion, weren't really the guys. I think they were the full guys in this whole situation, if I'm being honest with you. At the end of the day, there's a restructure taking place, but who's still the names? Who's the people bringing the money in to Ibrox? It's your, it's your Park family um, and, and all the other investors, to be honest. So these guys are, are basically like football players. They can only do... They can only work with the tools they've been given, right? And, and Ross Wilson can only bring in the players that he's got the budget for. So I uh, got some wrong. Absolutely, but he also brought in a fair bit with, with Bassey and Patterson and whatnot. Um, but if Rangers are serious about moving forward, you know, we need to invest the team heavily. We need a, a back spine of the team. Michael Beale's saying all the right things, but I was watching the game the other day with two of my mates, and I'll tell you, the booze that went around Edmiston House when Ryan Kent's picture came up in the second half kind of told a, a story to Boris, and I wouldn't have played him after the last out at Parkhead, if I've been honest with you, I, I thought it was, I was disgusted as a Rangers fan. I was, I was really, really annoyed by the, the lack of performance by him. Injury or no injury, he's hidden in a lot of these games and um, I'm just getting really frustrated by it, if I'm being honest with you. And not just me, but a few other people are getting frustrated by it as well. Um, Paul, sorry, just to, to move this on then, Paul, there's five games to go. Uh, Rangers can't win the Scottish Cups. There's no final to look forward to Ryan Kent, we know he's going to be leaving. Alfredo Morelos is going to be leaving. Would you get put them in a Rangers jersey again between now and the end of the season? Oh, absolutely not. Listen, I would have given, uh, I would have told him to go away at half time. I mean, and you can say that by, no, I'm a past Rangers fan, but I've been for a long time. But I'll tell you, you wouldn't have had that under God rest his soul, Walter Smith. Absolutely no chance in that. My worry with the standards of the club is we're, we're far below. And, and I'll tell you, I phoned in before. You weren't on mark. It was. Paul Cooney was doing the show um, but I've been banging on about it and I know it's divisive against you know, our fan base but I'll tell you my way would be and Craig knows about this because I think I spoke to Craig about it Barry Ferguson got the captaincy from Amoruso mm-hmm. that's why I made a big call that season right mm-hmm. I would bring in a new captain now who it's going to be I don't know the name yet but I'd bring in somebody new well one in mentality because as much as I rate James Tavernier with goals scored that I can't take away from the guy and listen, I love him as a footballer and he's a Rangers but I get all of that but you know what? Celtic went through it with Paul McStay he had a captain there Celtic through and through but it went through failure and I'm not saying it's James Tavernier's fault but the guys he came in 2015 with we a certain standard we're now above that standard and I think we need a new but, Paul, but Paul, you're saying that we're now above that standard yet we talk about Rangers this season. Who's been the best player for Rangers? It's 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 it's, uh, it's, well, it's Tavernier. <laughs> for me, it's Tavernier no, no, all, take, all take, day, every take, day. Take consistently, he's, he's the only mistakes. player that's played consistently all season. But he's made mistakes. Listen, he made mistakes, and see when you watch. This is just psychological, right? And it might be nonsense that you're thinking, right? But I watched the two of them come out the tunnel. Carl McGregor, game face on. Mm-hmm. That like Barry Ferguson used to be. Fishing straight forward. <clears throat> I look at Tavernier, eyeballs in the ground, looking away. He, he's frightened. That that tells me he, he's either worried about the players he's, he's working alongside, but the change mentality, sometimes you've got to make tough decisions. And Michael Beale mm-hmm. 
has to make tough decisions. And I know, I know if we did this, I agree with Kenny Miller came up with a paper thought and said, we need more people like James Tavenier. That yeah. worries me sick. I don't want any more James Tavenier. He's, OK, let's, let, let's try and get to those. Let's try and answer some of the points that you've made, Paul. Let's get Stephen and Craig. Stephen, on uh, Morelos and, and Kent, Paul and a number of Rangers fans have clearly had enough. Do you think it's, it's right now that they, they don't play for Rangers again? I, th- I think it's been, as the months have gone on, the less and less Rangers fans been up for keeping them on. Um, I think their, their individual performances in the last few, few Celtic games have probably... It's hard to say they're not trying, but a million miles from uh, where they were at the peak of their Rangers careers against Celtic with that that fire. I mean, on Saturday, Alistair Johnson plays Ryan Kent really well, but he did show next to nothing. I don't know if he was carrying an injury, but that was as quiet as I've ever seen Ryan Kent in any game. Um, and that's where the... When you're talking about a £7 million player, which he was, um, now going to be looking to get a good meal, uh, move, you're needing a lot more from him. Um, and I think the, the favour, Alfredo Morella has been a brilliant signing for Rangers, really popular, but I think everyone's looking for, to move on from the two of them now. Craig? Yeah, I, I think now for Michael Beale, what he'll be looking at, Mark, between now and the end of the season, I would I would think, is playing players that he know he knows that are going to be involved for next season. You know, so can we learn a little bit more about uh, you know, other players it is between now and the end of the season opportunity for Lowry to come in, for example, to to come in and get some minutes. Um, McCrory in goals, you know, like for me, you've got to start testing some players to say, okay, we know that they're going to be ready for us next season. We like what we see. I think that's where Rangers are at at the moment. I don't expect, uh, unless they had to, due to, to, to personnel bodies and what have you, anybody that's not, not going to be there next season, I think they take a back seat between now and then. Okay, well, let, let me ask you this in. Uh, let's take Matondo yep. and Yilmaz, two yes. signings last summer, yep. for various reasons, haven't featured a lot. Yep. Do you think Michael Beale's made their mind up? Are they good enough to help take Rangers forward next season? Or are they, those two the kind of guys that say, let's give them the five games to see where we are? Yeah, the second one for me. I'm like, you know, Matondo, who, who's shown... Um, Glimpses and you know he's got pace. He's quite direct. Um, give him a give him a run of games by all means uh, and see what he can do. Uh, and 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 Yilmaz the same, you know, because look, Borna Barisic for me is is a great professional uh, and, and has done a great job for Rangers. But he's also at a stage of his career where you know what, it might be time for him to be challenged elsewhere and, and try his deal as well. and, and try something else. And for Rangers to be smart mm-hmm. and take some money. Have Yilmaz playing because they've spent a decent amount of money of, uh, on that particular player. So the only only way you can realise value, Mark, is by <laughs> exposing that player to minutes. So common sense would say that he should uh, certainly be getting some minutes between now and the end of the season. On, on Steve, let me ask you, as a, as a captain, you've, you've captained a number of clubs. James Tavernier again comes in for a, a, a bit of stick. What do you make of the, a, a lot of Rangers fans saying he shouldn't be the captain? If we want to move forward, he's not the right captain for the club. I, I, I probably agree with Paul on, on the, the captaincy. Uh, I, I do agree year in, year out, his, his numbers, goals and assists are, are, are brilliant, but I don't think he's got a divine right just to be captain. I think I think if they do sign a, a Craig Moore type, a Barry Ferguson type that comes in to be a captain, I think he's had that many shots at it. I think now I can understand the frustration amongst the Rangers support. But would there not be Craig, if I'm not thinking... James Tavernier, okay, I kind of get it, but I think for me there's bigger problems within the team without focusing on on, on James yeah, Tavernier. Yeah. There's other real problem areas that need to be sorted. Look, I think clearly, I mean, 
you can see that uh, there is a probably a lack of character within the within the team. Look, it's easy to say what uh, you can pinpoint and, and, and what is required. The hardest thing is actually to go out and get that in today's market. Um, you know, players potentially out of contract, and you know, then you get some supporters saying, "Oh, so we're always having to go for players that are out of contracts. It's a cheap way and all that sort of stuff." So, recruitment is a difficult job. Uh, it takes a lot of work. Um, and and it's six twelve months in advance at times, Mark. But but there there are leaders out there. There are people that can probably come and contribute and and help and support someone like a James Tavernier, um, and, and and others to to improve the team. I mean that that's basically it's clear that improvement needs to be made. Uh, you know, Celtic have have been ultra consistent, cutting edge going forward. Rangers did test them a little bit in the, uh, the the semi in regards to defensively. They showed up to that. Rangers, flip side of that, mid to final third, haven't carried a cutting edge all season on a consistent basis and have been quite soft in terms of the goals that they concede. So it's clear what needs to be done in terms of improving the squad. Actually doing that um, is not an easy task, but that is a task that is going to be with whoever's involved at that football club in the off-season. They still have John Park and yes. John Brown yes. at the club and both have got a really good eye mm-hmm. for a player. Do you see them just kind of carrying on working in tandem with Michael Beale rather than bringing in someone with that kind of fancy yeah. title? Well, I think at, the, at this moment in time, Mark, I mean, Michael Beale's come out and spoke about the role. He's clearly identified three, four players that he, he likes. Um, and it's important, I think, at this stage when that, that role isn't filled or, or may not be filled by Rangers, that he gets that support. You know, these are players that he knows, but there still must be a process. And that's why I'm saying the next six to 12 months. I, th- I think longer term, there still needs to be somebody that kind of protects a football club, you know, because managers unfortunately come and go. Uh, but it is important that the clubs have still process protocols in place to make sure that the right players are not only right for that manager at the time, but they're right for the football club longer term. Okay, 0808 17 17 700 if you want to get through to Craig Moore and Stephen McGinn in the Go Radio Football Show. Join us after the break. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! We're on the Go Radio Football Show. It's Thursday night, 5 until 7. I'm Matt Goody in for Paul Cooney and delighted to say joined by Craig Moore and Stephen McGinn tonight with a busy old show so far and there is more to come let's get back on the lines we spent most of the the first part talking about Rangers let's switch it now and talk to about Celtic a chance to go and win the title on Sunday at Tynecastle and Brian is on the line he's got a point to make about the the game Brian Hi uh, my point is if the title gets wrapped up against Hearts uh, on Sunday I think uh, Ange should take uh, make these B team the Ibrox uh, considering the fact that there's not going to be any Celtic fans and a lot of the guys are needing a wee rest especially all the main players you know uh-huh. so even though Celtic are going for a, a points record they want to keep goals, their, goals their, record yeah they want to make, keep their unbeaten not being lost to Rangers for for a year etc etc you would take a B team Brian do you seriously think Ange Postacoglu is going to take a B team to Ibrox I don't think he'll take the full B team but I think there's a there's a lot of young boys there crying out for a game in the first team. Um, and certainly your main players like your McGregor's, uh, a lot of guys, I, th- I feel they could be a target for a lot of heavy tackles, you know. Stephen, what do you, you think? I can just I can just see Ange Potter calling going to Callum McGregor and saying, Callum, 
I'm going to leave you out of the, the game against the Rangers at Ibrox. Well, by the B team, I'm assuming it means the actual B team. You're not talking about maybe Big O, the striker, the actual the backup team playing. Um, I think apart from Celtic fans finding it funny on social media for about half an hour before the game, the reality of, of a, a Celtic Rangers game with Rangers first team against Celtic's B team wouldn't be funny for the Celtic fans. So, Not that I think for one second Ange Postacoglu is thinking that way, but I'm sure any Celtic fan that thinks about seriously what could happen if that was to happen, they, they wouldn't want it. Craig, you know Ange Postacoglu yeah. better than any of us. Is there any way that he would... I don't know, would you be disrespecting the fixture disrespecting your football club by doing something like that I think so the integrity of the sporting integrity the competition as well and, and so Brian's obviously looking to have a little bit of uh, fun with uh, with the call mate I get but I tell you what it's the flip side of this right all of a sudden that young B team player that goes in and, and, and has an absolute nightmare let's say mate, potentially some young players don't recover from that so you know yeah Anz is going to play a team that he believes can still can go and and win a game of football, you know, to, to go to your biggest rival away from home. He'll be driven to go and continue to put his stamp on things, to show the depth of the squad. If there is, you know, like a Rocco Vata or, uh -huh. or something, you know, yeah. if, if if people have earned the opportunity, then then they, they should be given the opportunity if you're going to be making those kind of changes and you're, you're, you're able to do that. But again, for me, I think he's... Uh, Brian, I think you're having a little bit of fun with that one, mate. Brian? No, no, really, no. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe when I see the B team, I'm not talking about all the boys, the official B team, but I think you should start maybe your, your, your Joe Hart and guys like that should maybe rest. be getting a rest, and maybe Burnaby should come in, and then the boys Summers should get a game. Vata, as you say, by go. I wasn't necessarily meaning you know the official the, Bs, but I'm talking about all the boys that are sitting on the bench every week, yeah. week in, week out. I think it should all get a start, you know. Yeah, I think like I said, I think Andrew will definitely kind of look at that because. Um, as you say, there's a lot of a lot of players that have played a, a lot of football. Um, you know, so sometimes uh, you know, in a position where potentially you can kind of rest up players and get them recharged. I mean, the cup final now, out with obviously the records that, that we touched on in terms of points yeah. and points and goals, is the third of June. So there's plenty of time, obviously, to to get ready for that one. And and with what's at stake, Celtic going to to try and win a, a, another treble. So there'll be plenty of motivation from I think everybody within that football club to make sure they're primed and ready to to, to actually not lose that opportunity. You know what it's like, Stephen. As a player, you're still playing. It's like you don't want to, you actually don't want to give up your jersey. No. Because you, you sometimes it's like, well, I, can, I might not get that jersey back. Every single one of these Celtic players is thinking about, I mean, there's, there's obviously guys like Joe Hart, Callum McGregor, you've mentioned, that will play the cup final. But there's ones that are desperate to have the shot. There'll be a battle between maybe an Aaron Moy and, and Matt O'Reilly. You're wanting to grab, keep your shot for that, that potential cup final. And, and I'm sure the team you've mentioned, I'm sure it'll feature in some of these split games, but it'll not be at Ibrox. Brian, do you think that, that Celtic can get that points record? Is it 107, is it 107 uh, they can get to? I definitely. I don't see why not. Um, I've certainly got the ability and I've certainly got the mentality at this, at this stage of the season to carry on. And I think they'll go undefeated until the end of the season there. Yeah. And what would you like to see Ange doing this summer in terms of strengthening the, the first team? Is there a particular part of the team that you think you'd like to see an upgrade? Um, well, I think we need somebody to to challenge uh, Kyogo up front you know because I know Big O's there but um, when you see some of the chances he's missing and I know he's only a young boy and he's just in the team but I think we need somebody to come in and maybe 
I don't know. I like I like a few of the players, maybe down south and and some of the other teams that are potentially going to get relegated. You know, tried and tested guys, but the main like really such as which uh, ones? Patrick Bamford. I like Patrick. Okay. I like the boy Bamford that plays mm-hmm. for Leeds. You know, quality striker. Um, and they're about to get relegated so players like that that's the kind of guys I like to see maybe Celtic looking at you know oh, but John, John Hartson said in the show last night if it came to it and I think he was talking about a number 9 mm. and Celtic bearing in mind you know, that they've got a fantastic balance book they're about to get into the Champions League yeah. again if the right player became available a number 9 at your seven and a half, eight, eight and a half million pounds mm. if Anne says that's the guy I want John said the board should back him and go and pay that kind of money for the right guy and and I don't disagree. I, sorry, uh, Brian. I, I I don't disagree with that, Mark. Because look, I mean, again, Celtic's improvement, uh, well, what they'll be looking for, and will be looking for, is how to make an impact in the Champions League. Right. So, um, the question is obviously, you know, not only improving your squad, can you improve your potentially your starting eleven uh, with that type of money? You know, you're talking about a, a player that's going to come in and play. Um, so, look, certainly not not ruling anything like that out, Mark, and, and I would expect that he would, uh, from the, the club, get that kind of support because I think that's the impact that they want to make in the Champions League. I think I think he's under right. He's in the trust of the board that if ever they're going to back a, a manager with money, then Ange Postacoglu's record in the transfer market's been staggering, really, when you think of... When you speak about Rangers maybe changing off the park with directors of football, Celtic had all that chat about who's going to come in this director of football mm-hmm. because of Angie's record in the transfer market and the trust the club have in him that's just been shelved he's just yeah. in total control of that's the signings right. and I think I think if any manager is, is able to go out and spend 10 million a player it's going to be Ange Postacoglu Would you think that Celtic are now at that stage? I think the record fee are certainly in recent times 9 million Edward uh, I think it's a record For Celtic can, you mean? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah for, Celtic. for Celtic in terms of money spent Brian could you see the club Anytime soon, you know, going 10 and above? Aye, definitely. Uh, as, as the guys have just touched on, uh, they'll, no, they'll never ever have mere confidence in the manager they've got right now. And I think the balance book and the way the club are run, if they're really, really serious about trying to get through the group stages of the Champions League, that's the kind of money you need to spend to get, to get top, top quality, uh, experienced players. I mean, don't get wrong... The guys that they've brought in and what they've done for what they cost has been exceptional. But I think uh, you need to start looking at that kind of that kind of bracket for top top strikers, especially. You know. Okay, thanks for that call, Brian. On on Sunday, Stephen, can you see Hearts doing any kind of damage at all? Can you see them stopping the a so-called title party? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be t- tough. I mean, obviously Celtic in the the cup game last game they were very comfortable uh, comfortable in it, but the. The previous league match, the four three game, um that was that was N ten, that was a brilliant game. They had everything and that's what Tynecastle can bring. So as Craig said, the last uh, I think scored six in the last home game. So the uh, Celtic be well aware of, of Hearts threats. Just one position I think, um just in recent weeks I've been, I've been watching it, with Leela Bada's absence and the potential of him moving on the summer, mm. the right wing position might be one they might look at because I think Jota, Dyson Maida and Siedat Haksabanovic are all more comfortable on the left. left. Um, I don't think they've fully filled that that right right winger slot and for someone to nail that down, I think all the other wingers kind of like the left side. Mm. Be, is it Garcia, boy that was playing in uh, Greece just now? Oh, and, there was was an, really I think, and there was an Argentinian origin. that I've seen. Some, some, I mean, but again, look, I mean, Celtic are in a great position. You know, you, you really, when you look through the team, you go, you know, from goalkeeper... 
through to to striker, you go. They're they they actually very very strong in in all positions. Um, but you know, in terms of really wanting to hit levels and and test yourself at the very very highest, you've always got to look to to bring in that that new potential star at the start of the season because it gives the whole place a lift. It was probably one of the criticisms, Mark, that I had of Rangers after the, yeah. the success of the the title a few years ago. It's like you've got to go out there and, and strengthen when you're at your your so-called best um, because it sets standards, it keeps the bar rising. Um, and that'll be the interesting thing because domestically you will get people elsewhere saying, no, yeah, but it's only Scotland. It happens, especially down south, as you know. But if Angie's able to go and then get results in the Champions League, Mm-hmm. then it's a different ball game, I think, for everybody involved. On, on the point, Stephen, I'll get the two of you uh, to, to look at this one, uh, about Abada. Do you now see a similar situation developing with Abada? Was the case with Juranovic and Giacomakis? You know, that it's actually just a matter of time before he's away, he'll be sold for, for big, money big money and another yeah. replacement's already been, line, been lined up. I mean, it's starting to look that way. Um, I know he's had, had an injury, but the rumours that the way they've done business for the last year or two uh, is starting to look that way and you just as Craig said just you're looking through the team and there's going to be interest across they've, they've got assets everywhere and I think um, the one thing from that summer after Rangers won the league Celtic had a real summer of, of change I think a lot of Celtic fans were thinking just try and be competitive get into this year but Rangers stood still mm-hmm. I don't think Celtic can be complacent get into this summer and and just hope that Rangers don't get it right I think they're going to have to improve again it's spot on, absolutely spot on, uh, and and we've seen in recent years, like I says, the the, the mistake of Rangers, yeah, you know, standing still and uh, and and not continually evolving and moving forward and improving. Um, so you know, Celtic are in a very very strong position financially. Um, so I've absolutely no doubt that they'll be looking, Andrew will be looking at how he can how he can strengthen this starting eleven. Does it come through and potentially a formation change next year? You know, again, I touched on the show a, yeah, a couple of yeah. times ago with a national team. Uh, he eventually wanted to then go shift to, to three centre-halves at the back. You know, is that something that potentially they that they look at? Yeah. Uh, he's always looking about ways he can improve. Um, so, you know, formation, definitely players. But Celtic are in a very, very strong position to do to do that, Mark. And just on Ange himself, I say, you, you, know, you know him as well as, as anybody in this country does he seem happy enough to you or is he still getting linked here there and everywhere but you expect him to be at Celtic next season and, and pushing the club on I, I would think so uh, again look I mean we don't we don't speak all the time Mark um, but uh, you know whenever we have sort of like had conversation or, or cross paths since he's, he's been in Glasgow he seems happy enough um, you know we, we all know the size of, of the football club and he's kind of he's loved the challenge He's loved the challenge, and we touch on the recruitment and how good it's been. Um, it's actually it, the work that he's done with the City Group, and I think uh, Mark Law um, that is in at the at the club as well. So he really understands the type of player and profile that Ange likes. So I, I think behind the scenes, uh, although I might, might not be the director of football, there, there's there's been a lot of trust, a lot of trust in that area to to really go out and be quite confident they're they're, they're going to get the right player and. That's been very successful this season. Yep, and for you, Stephen, I'm just really happy to go again. Yeah, I've I've always had this this feeling that that Ange wants to, especially as a success builded, he's wanting to leave a, a legacy at Celtic. He's chasing down records just this season, but I just think, um, and you hope. I mean, the Celtic fans across the city will be 
be absolutely devastated the day he does leave. I mean, what an impact he's had, and I'm sure they'll be hoping um, he's he's enjoying every aspect of life here, and, and as I say, stays for four or five years. Loves a whiskey marker here. Yeah, does he like yeah, that? Yeah, so he's, he's, he's all right. He's in the right place, isn't he? <laughs> doesn't, mind, doesn't mind a, a cheeky whiskey. I wonder if he takes it neat or is it with water oh. or a bit of ice? Well, I'm not sure about that, actually. I've never never sat with him when he's had a whiskey, but I have heard a sneaky rumour that he's he's quite enjoyed that, yeah. that about Scotland. I could imagine Anne just sitting back with a wee half, just yeah. relaxing, just Straight, taking a deep uh, breath. Me, yeah. me, I, I could I'm imagine him, yeah, yeah. Sitting back in a big cup. Leather armchair, one of those kind of numbers, you know, <laughs> sitting back. <laughs> watching a rerun a, a win against Rangers with a, with a large half oh. I can I can see that uh, happening getting back to the football um, Stephen Abada what kind of contribution has he made I mean you look at I think 3 million quid 19 years old currently you know, just over uh, just un, over two years ago mm. um, he's been pretty special hasn't he all, all things considered unbelievable yeah um, obviously his age he's still when you watch him now he, he's, he's quite raw um, but inside the box he's, he's been like a prolific striker for Celtic he's deadly at that back post and when you think of some of the, the big performances against Rangers uh, for such a young player he, he, he would, he's going to be a miss in terms of the, the numbers he, he provides but if you're, if you're thinking getting into this summer he's, he's maybe the one player of, of the big assets when you think of your Hitatis Kyogos Carter Vickers he's a one player I think with the interest with their interest that Celtic fans would be okay with them moving on if he's only one they sell this summer I think they're okay with that what can a fee be looking at potentially well, just his age and potential and I know he's been linked with Ajax when you think of a left back a young left back if Calvin Bassey going for the kind of 20-25 million mark then you're thinking around that that, that mark with, with the numbers he's got what was for you? Oh, look I from the very first day that Abada come, uh, I think it was his first game. He was he was on the bench, um, and there was an injury, or there was something happened in the warm up, and he got a start, which was uh, not expected. He scored, uh, and it, it just kind of hit the ground running as you need to do at the at the big clubs. Uh, as Stephen touched on, I, th- I think his positioning in terms of when the ball's on the opposite side, getting in as that second striker, making sure he's in that second post. He scored so many goals uh, like that. I think he's great value uh, for. Anybody that was were potentially looking, I don't think that probably the next move for him, even from Celtic now, is the big big one. Uh-huh. I think potentially it's the next one, uh, and that is probably where Celtic will get most benefit. You know, in terms of a sell on, a sell on, mm-hmm. um, you know, because he's he's young, uh, but he's shown he's shown that he's a very very good player. He scores important goals, takes up great positions. And so again, uh, a little bit envious, you know, Celtic in such a good position that you're talking about players potentially leaving the football club, but have done very, very well. The flip side, you're looking at players leaving Rangers football club at the moment and the, the, this season, their performances have, have just completely tailed off. Okay, we're on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, 0808 17 17. 700 if you want to get through to Craig Moore or Stephen McGinn. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! 
There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. It's the Go Radio Football Show Thursday night. I'm Mark Guidi. I'm joined by Craig Moore and Stephen McGinn. We've had a right good, oh, what are we on now, 45 minutes. We've had a, a right good half, uh, as I would say. And just in case you're wondering, I'm standing in for Paul Cooney. Paul's away uh, on a wee break uh, for a few days and I hope he is enjoying themselves. Right, we've covered plenty of Celtic, plenty of Rangers. We'll just touch on, for a moment, we always like to look at the, the kids that are coming through. Um, last night, Scottish Youth Cup final, Celtic won after extra time. Rangers, a man sent off. I mean, it was an absolute uh, cracking uh, 120 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Craig, what did you make of it? And, and it started, it started 100 miles an hour. Yeah. It really did. Uh, Rangers flew out of the traps early doors, um, putting Celtic under a lot of pressure uh, and, and managed to to get their early goal. Um, but like I've seen a, a lot of the time, been watching a lot of under-18s football uh, and the scores um, and the swing, it, it can it can change um, really, really quickly. And that's exactly what it done because Rangers are 1-0 up and then three minutes later, Celtic have gone and scored two goals within two or three minutes and it continued throughout the whole match, Mark. You know, in the end, I mean, for a neutral, fantastic watch, me being slightly critical, uh, there were there were errors that I still yeah. probably wouldn't like to see at that level. If I'm if I'm being honest, but six five after after extra time, uh, you know some some decent talent on display. Uh, Rangers had a couple that uh, have kind of been in about the the first team. Um, Celtic, uh, I, I think, probably have a couple that probably not a million miles away from maybe dipping their toes at some stage. So look, great for youth football. Uh, like I said, just standard wise, I would like to see. I would like to see two one. I'm not saying because I'm boring and I and I don't like to see goals and entertainment, but I'd like to see a real contest and and, and you know solid displays, people not making mistakes and a two one result. Six five though, I'm having six five, Stephen. <laughs> well, listen, I, I agree. It was a brilliant watch. Uh, I loved it. I, I actually was going to watch the first half and then flick onto the English game and end up just watching the full thing because it was kamikaze football. And I was just thinking, going back to when I was that kind of youth cup age and I remember a decent Rangers team put us out in the quarterfinal, but at that age, at that level, there was a huge emphasis with my first team manager and assistant manager and it was there was a big emphasis on, right, okay, everyone's got ability, but if you're going to make it to first team level, can you do all the basics well? Can you stop run, uh, match runners? Can you stop crosses? How's your winning headers in the box? All, all the kind of basic things and... I mean, I look at some of these kids, especially when it come through. I'm obviously still hanging on to a career and, and watching some. They're so much more com comfortable, comfortable and confident oh. on the ball, uh -huh. but there isn't the same probably emphasis on um, the off the ball stuff. And a lot of these guys aren't going to make it at Celtic Rangers. I mean, these are Champions League clubs. The standard. Every we're talking about maybe clubs buying for ten million players. A lot of these boys' futures might end up out with Celtic yeah. Rangers. Might be at a St Mirren or a Motherwell where. 
you're going to have to play against these teams and do all the basics really well to be trusted. So that's the only thing, the only, I suppose, is a bit of a boring negative. Yeah. Uh, Craig says you're not wanting every game to be to be 6-5. But I suppose, I mean, on Stephen's point there, to, to make it, I imagine, any level full-time, but particularly Celtic Rangers, technically, yeah, you've got to have it, but yeah. that willingness as well to absolutely graft and give 100%. Well, I think, look, I, I, the importance of the role whether it be the under-18s coach, academy directors and all that sort of stuff, I think is so, so important in terms of the the education, you know, the, the desire, the hunger. These are things that you need, right? Talent is normally a given when you see a lot of these players coming through the system, but it's that, it's that real education, Mark, in terms of what is actually required to become a professional, to be able to make that step from um, youth football to senior football. That, for me, is key. Um, and, and therefore, like I said, I would like to see tighter performances um, in, in terms of decision making you know Stephen touches on um, defender you know like Carter Vickers for example you look at Celtic he loves to defend yeah like so making that tackle making that block is like scoring a goal for him did I see uh, anybody at Celtic last night that go that had that real I want to defend you know I think I think that's two of the two of our assets that have gone in the last few years Nathan Patterson Kieran Tierney mm-hmm. that's the one thing that struck you when you first watched them it was that just desire to the enthusiasm to defend and the amount of times Kieran Tierney especially when he first broke in he wouldn't mind just sticking in the stand yeah. that's what I think that's what Craig's touching on like not everyone can play like Barcelona from uh, if it has to go it has to go yeah I mean I, I think on on that you just want to see because you see the, the basics you know, defend you know, defend first and foremost defend your goal in fact, I think we were talking about somebody else in the, with a the shot by kicks inside your own six yard box and putting yeah. yourself under that pressure. I know it's a modern way, I know it's a way they're taught even at first team level. But for me, sometimes just I don't know yours, get into Rose Ed, yeah. get your shape back, get a breath back, and then take it for there. Yeah, I look, I mean you, you there's the way that you've been coached and the, and the style of play and, and, and the coach and, and the club, you know, they have the, the, the football philosophy and all sort of stuff. But as you're a football player and you cross that line, you also you need to be able to make decisions. At times on the football field for you, for yourself that are that are good for uh, good for the team that are the right decisions you know use your initiative these these are the kind of things that also make a, a football player otherwise we, we just we just create robots but it was an unbelievable watch mark it was entertaining uh, like it says eleven goals um, there's some some great talent on display there's no doubt about that Stuart McLaren is is a, a good mate of mine we grew up in Australia together so success for for him. Um, and there's a lot of great players. I'm, I'm out watching loads of games. There's a lot of lot of good talent, like I says. But I just like to probably. I'm a little bit harsh in terms of because you've been there, and I know what it was like making that transition. And you need to do those basics well. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll keep a wee eye on the Celtic and Rangers youth teams. Hamden last night, the cup final. Celtic won six five after extra time at Hamden. As the boy said, some some cracking goals and entertainment uh, in that game. Another game that was on last night, Man City against uh, West Ham Haaland I think up to 51 uh, for the season I saw the Guard of Honour organised by Guardiola which I thought was an absolutely fantastic uh, touch what did you make of it Oz? I've just seen pictures of him here on Sky Sports as well I mean he's an absolute beast um, the, he's he's a throwback to, to, to maybe your old centre forward style but he's, he's actually not because he, he can do the link up he can, he can do the running he's a great finisher um, he's setting all sorts of records in such a short period of time and I can only see him getting better eh? 
I can only see him getting better. So um, I wouldn't fancy being a defender up against a big man now, especially not at the back end of my, my career because he'd have me for pace, no problem at all. <laughs> well, we, we've, uh, in terms of a Scottish sense, Stephen, we've got him in uh, June um, over in uh, oh. Norway. Um, now, you know, whether it's Kieran Tierney, whether it's Grant Hanley, whether it's Scott McTominay, who knows, but Steve Clark, the staff, the players are going to have to, to, to try and find a way. Or just hoping the dying embers of the Champions League final he pulls up with a wee tight hamstring for a couple of weeks because uh, I mean uh, one of my first kind of superstar players I remember was the Brazilian Ronaldo and, and it was like it was almost like a cheat code like this guy can do everything he obviously Haaland's not as good a dribbler as, as Ronaldo was but yeah watching him you thinking West Ham are doing, doing really well with him here he's not really had touched the ball much but then as soon as Grealish picks the ball up you're thinking they can't stop this that uh, means what, what can you do you this a goal all day long and just an unbelievable unbelievable player I suppose the thing um, Oz if you're looking at it from a Scotland point of view with the greatest respect to Norway he's not going to have a Grealish or a De Bruyne no. or a Bernardo Silva supplying him with that no, no. that ammunition yeah um, but like I said he, he can be dangerous in all sorts of areas I, I've seen him defend corners get the header and sprint 70, 80 yards up the field and, and, and be on the, the end of a counter-attack. So, look, it's important that, obviously, um, Scotland are at their very, very best. But at the same time, how exciting is that for not only Scotland, but the players that they're going to be coming up? You want to come up against the best. Um, Scotland definitely going to come up against one of the best. Man City going to win the title down the road? Yeah, I think that's it now. I mean, you just watched them last night. I mean, they have got everything now. Um I heard Gary Neville speak about the, just the size of them. They they can do. They can score from set pieces now. Uh, they've added that to their game. They can score with a ball in behind. Where maybe in the last few years they've played with kind of false nines. That they've just the complete team. And Arteta for you, was your old uh, Rangers teammate, mm -hmm. part of that 2003 yeah. uh, treble winning squad. Uh, you feel for him? Yeah, I do. Uh, because there was an opportunity for him this season. Eh? They put themselves in a, in a really good position. Um, and they've they've maybe stumbled as a, the the back end of the season has, has played out. Uh, I still felt maybe with Man City with the the Champions League football that could have hindered them. That's not the case. And Man City will win the title now. Uh, for Arteta, I do feel sorry for because he's come in and done an amazing job. I think Arsenal showed some patience because he was another. I mean, we see a lot of managers sacked all the time. He could have easily um, been in in all sorts of trouble. But Arsenal stuck with him. Uh, and he certainly improved them. Champions League football, that's a big plus for, for Arsenal in terms of their um, continued, I guess, progress. And at the other end of the table, Steve, you look at, I think they would probably say Southampton uh, have gone. It's oh. maybe any two from, from five. How do you see that shaping up over the next four games? I've probably changed my mind quite a lot on it. Um, I also thought Bournemouth were gone at one point and oh, uh, what a run they've been on. Um, I think at the minute, the two to fall and just... When, you know, looking at it, Leeds and uh, Nottingham Forest for me. Leeds and Forest for you, Oz? <sighs> I think that Southampton are gone. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the other two that will, will join them will be Everton and Leeds. I think Forest will get themselves out of it. Two massive clubs, imagine. English Premier League without Everton. Yeah, I know, or I know. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm just looking down there, and I'm like, oh. and I've looked, at, I've looked at the run-ins over and over again, and they've all got tough run-ins. You see, Leicester, Forest, West Ham, all been fine. Not even Big Sam can save Leeds United. I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm, interesting, Steve. I think I think the beauty of these relegation battles is because you because these teams have been losing all season. You just you look at the fixtures and you think, oh, they can't win that. They can't win that. 
and then all of a sudden a Bournemouth go and beat Liverpool Aye. and yeah. just pull themselves right out it so so much to look forward to OK after the break we will look at uh, the Scottish Premier League and get the boys uh, viewing who they think is going to go down who's going to finish bottom who's going to end up in the playoff we're also going to get Craig Moore who's going to give us um, a star number nine Oz who are Rangers going to sign put this to to uh, to Big John uh, and Barry Ferguson last night and Barry came up with a few names of potential you know realistically who could Rangers go and get mm-hmm. uh, this summer to be the title winning uh, striker so we'll put that to both of you after the break so please come back on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors if you want to get through to Craig Moore or Stephen McGinn you can dial 0808 17 17 700 The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road Darnley Let's go there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. It's Thursday night. It's a Go Radio football show. I'm Matt Guidi and for Paul Cooney. Delighted to say joined by Craig Moore and Stephen McGinn. Did you notice that, Oz? Stephen just bopping away there. The, the shoulders were going to the to the jingle there. He was, he was enjoying himself. If you want to get through to the boys, 0808 17 17 700, the Go Radio Football Show in association with Macklin Motors. The boys have been in great form. The first hour we've spoken about Celtic, we've spoken about Rangers. We've covered the Youth Cup final last night, Celtic beating Rangers 6 5. We've spoken about Erling Haaland, record breaker at Manchester City, and the potential damage that he could do to Scotland in the European qualifier next month in Norway. So, Let's see what the second hour brings. I think we'll get back onto the lines. There's plenty of people trying to get through. So let's speak to Paul in Glasgow. Paul, you're through to Craig and Stephen. How are you? Yeah, hi, Mark. Hi, Craig. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Uh, I'd like to speak to, uh, to Craig, if it's okay, for his, his take on uh, on Ange and his kind of his attitude towards uh, players and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi Craig, how are you doing? I know you, I know that you you know him, uh, personally through uh, international. I, I don't know if you know him through kind of uh, the club football in Australia. But uh, I was just going uh, to ask you. Got rid of me. It's <laughs> 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 a good judge. <laughs> uh, I was just going to ask you, Craig. Uh, now last season, I, I said I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm 46, so I'm, I'm old enough to have lived through. Uh, the, the, the four of times at Celtic and uh, the guys that came in and left uh, and obviously the kind of the whole Martin O'Neill came in and the kind of the new Celtic was born kind of stuff but I'm just interested in uh, Angie's attitude towards players and uh, maybe players believing their hype a wee bit too much uh, the, the, the reason why I'm saying this is last season the two guys that I was quite happy to see go were Juranovic because mm-hmm. I thought he was the the worst defender at the club by a mile. 
not not attacking, mm-hmm. but descending descender. Yeah. I thought it was terrible, uh, and I also uh, and with as a support, and I don't know, I don't know if it's the new age kind of Celtic fans now. There's some of the guys that come in. We seem to when they do stuff like the the chip penalty uh, in Europe and the whole you know, the pit bull thing and everything. We seem to kind of give them an easier ride than some of the kind of than the Greg Taylors or uh, the Anthony Ralstons, which which maybe that's a wee bit of age to me as well. Mm-hmm. But I thought I, I was glad to see him going, and I don't care how he done in the World Cup because I'm more interested in how he does for Celtic. Yep. And the other guy that I was quite happy to see go was Jack Amakis because I thought that he thought he was so much better than he actually was. Mm-hmm. Don't I don't get me wrong, I celebrated his goals and he scored them. But the amount of shatters he missed yeah. uh, up until he scored the goals. Uh, and then he started to bump his gums about the contract. So the, the impression I got was this guy thinks he's he's way better than he is. And I think that I would get under Angie's skin. Uh, and it's just to kind of get your take on it, what, what, what you think <laughs> you would actually would think. Nah, look, Ange, look, he's a, he's a very, very good operator. And the way that he kind of works is... You, you know, you're touching on maybe two characters there that potentially think that they can get a little bit carried away uh, and then it, it's it's no longer necessarily about the team. The individual thinks they can go about and do their own things. That that would never, ever happen in terms of the way that Ange likes to um, to, to, to run his teams. Um, it's all about, obviously, he doesn't have a great relationship with the players. You'll see him congratulate people after the game, but he's, he's not having conversations with them on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, but... I tell you what, he, he's really, really good at. He reads the room well, uh, and what I mean by that is, he could be looking at a, a training session, yeah, and he could be looking at how the players are responding to Jackamacus, and if there was uh, a response that was kind of, you know, he he was talking or carrying on, and the players weren't interested in it and weren't buying into it, then. F- then that they're the type of things that Anzen goes, okay, well, he's probably one of the ones that isn't actually um, well in with, well in with, no, no, well in with the group and then looking to, to, to buy in and do what, what the whole team are going to do. So, you know, I'll keep an eye on that because if that gets a little bit out of hand and all that sort of stuff, then they're the, they're the kind of people that we can, we can let them keep moving. Uh, he, he, he reads a room really, really well. Aye. What do you think of that, Paul? It's a good point that Craig makes. Do you do you see that? Do you see I that potentially I, coming with Abada? Well, I think I think the thing with Abada is he's a young he's a young guy, but I think that there's no smoke without fire, and I think that if if Abada wasn't wanting the move of potential potentially making a bigger wage, which he can't, you can't kind of you can't hold that against him. I think that. Uh, the, the, if it's his agent is peddling out of that, I think that I, I think there's no smoke without fire. I think it, it could have been put to bed quite quickly. Uh, that it's, it's no him that's wanting to do it. But I also I, I think he got injured in the one the the warm up. But I think I get the feeling that Andrew's that kind of formidable guy that he doesn't take in personal. Uh, but I do think that he thinks with any of them. If you don't want to be here, you don't need to be here. Yeah. Stephen, I mean, on, on Craig's point in terms of just looking at you know how boys are reacting to certain teammates, I mean, you've been around. Have, have you seen that when players are thinking, you know what, you, you're not with us anymore, you're you're being selfish, you're looking at your exit uh, plan. Did the, the other boys sniff that out as well? Yeah, you sniff it, and, and you're also 
you're also looking for the manager. Is he letting that slide? Is he dealing with it? Um, over the years, he, the better managers have tended to nail it. Uh, nail those kind of decisions or not, not discipline them so much, but just no matter who it is, if they, if they step out of line or they do something against the group, they just kind of nail it and, and, and deal with it. And I think the rest of the group are, are happier with that. Uh, just on Paul's point about Juranovic, although I thought he was a wee bit harsh in terms of defensively, I think uh, the signing of Alistair Johnson, it just seems too good to be true almost. I think he, Juranovic was an excellent signing for Celtic. He was being a brilliant Croatia player, but Alistair Johnson almost seems to have improved on every aspect of Juranovic's career. So I think it is easier not to miss Juranovic. Mm-hmm. And just back uh, to, to, to Ange, just the final one. Mark Milligan. Remember Mark Milligan? Yes. At Hibs? Yeah. Millsy? Great lad, great player. Um, Asian Cup in 2015. So Millsy was working with Ange at Melbourne Victory at the, uh, previously. And during the Asian Cup and all that, he's, I, was, I was like player mental liaison. I was kind of the go-between. And, he, and Millsy's come up to me and says, Maury, he says, Ange is not, not even talking to me. You know, like he was kind of, so I go, I'll leave, leave it with me, Millsy, leave it with me. I'll have, I'll have a chat with Ange. Uh, and over lunch I go up to Ange I go Ange listen I know you were I says just to give you the heads up I says Millsy's not happy he says like you know it's a little bit different to, to the way you are here and, and the way you were at club football <laughs> he just looked at me he goes yeah he'll get over it <laughs> <laughs> he says but thanks for letting me know Maury <laughs> that, that was uh, that's the way you. he is that's the way he is he kind of creates that um, walking on eggshells, yeah. you know, and that's someone that I mean, he's got a lot of time for Millsy. I know uh, he has, but just the way that he kind of managed that situation as well. Uh, it's a great line, it. A great line. Yeah. How so, did you react to that, Stephen? I think I mean it sounds. I mean, it's Craig's obviously worked with him. We're we're obviously the viewing public, and he looks like that type of manager where a well done from him would feel like a hundred times a usual well done. Um, the the look. I know he pretended that he was scared of Carter Vickers, but the Celtic players all look as if they've got fear factor over Ange and, and that willingness to get a bit of gratitude from him. Paul, did you like that wee insight from Craig? Yeah, Craig, that was, that was brilliant. <laughs> I, kinda, I, I I would have been disappointed if you never gave me someone that, to be honest. But no, that was great. Cheers. Just uh, m- moving forward in terms of the Sunday, the uh, chance to win the, the, the title, Paul, at, at Tynecastle for Celtic. How pleased overall have you been with the season so far? Bear in the mind, it's looking good to get a treble, but there's still a still a bit of work to be done. Ah, it's great. I mean, I can't I really can't have any complaints. I mean, the recruitment's been brilliant. Uh, entertaining to see. Uh, I, I've, I've got no complaints. I, I think uh, and just uh, I, I can't even default one to be honest. I think he's great. Uh, I do want Celtic to play their strongest team and I want them to play their strongest team against Rangers as well Yeah. Uh, I don't buy into this uh, I don't buy into this that bring all the, the, the youngsters in there I don't I, MD should MD that gets their game up until the last minute should get their game through merit mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not into this at all and I'm not too bothered about the fixtures either I heard people saying that it was been disrespectful uh, to Celtic that they couldn't win the league. Celtic's part of that competition. The competition isn't Celtic. So no, I don't and again I don't know if this is a kind of age thing to me as well that I'm that I've been through all the kind of rubbish times as well. But no, very, very satisfied and uh, just looking forward and hoping that we can do something a bit better than the Champions League than we done last year. Well it's that time of the year where the play of the year awards, the voting starts, they start getting handed out during the month 
of May. I'll get Craig and Stephen's view on the, the various awards that will be coming up over the next three or four weeks. Paul, who would be your player of the year? Big Carter Vickers, I think. I, I, I don't think he's ever had a below nine out of ten game. Yeah, and who'd be who's running them close? Is it Kyogo? Is it Callum yeah. McGregor? <laughs> the thing is with Callum McGregor, he could win it every year. He's he's so consistent. I, I think he started to look a wee bit jaded, but there is under about six Celtic players. I think Kyogo uh, for his goals, but also I think that. Uh, Maida's underrated just for his sheer work rate and the stuff that he does when he's no got the ball I think he's he's, he's an unbelievable athlete so uh, Jota he's scored in big games I don't I, I'm thinking Carter Vickers because he's 9 out, 9 out of 10 every game I think but either could be there could be about 6 Celtic players yeah. in it, I think Carter Vickers a good shout Oz you're a centre half back in the yeah. the day who's getting the, the nod for you <sighs> It's a tough one. Um, I'd love to see defenders get it. We we normally don't get recognised. <laughs> Man, I always go for the strikers, Mark. Even when I was playing, no, nah, no. Nah, look, Cardiff is an unbelievable season, um, but he, he's not flashy. He's just very, very good at doing his job and defending well. Um, like I says, he, there's a desperation, a desire not to concede goals. That's a great thing for a defender. Um, he never looks under pressure on the ball. He just keeps things nice and simple. Um, so he's definitely in there for, for, for a shout I mean all the favourites are sitting with Celtic I think special mentions probably this season um, outside of Rangers and Celtic I think Duke uh, at Aberdeen has had a good season um, and I also think O'Hara at, at St Mirren has had a top top season and these are players that potentially get overlooked at times so a couple of special mentions for those two players so who has your play, so who has, so you, you got me you've got some, who's your nah, player look for me I think Kyogo gets it okay I think Kyogo gets it. I mean, but I'm looking at the the, the players that Kyogo, Carter, Vickers, McGregor, obviously touched on uh, special mentions to those those other players. But I think Kyogo will get it. Kyogo, Stephen, for you. Well, I've been I've been Carter Vickers uh, for the last month or two, and when, when the t- that type of conversations came up, I just think even at the weekend, I think staff staff felt was particularly good. But Carter Vickers just colossal. When you, when you speak about the guy needing an operation. Um, straight after the game last game of the season he's obviously been playing through an injury the performances and the consistency he's put in honestly he's as good a Celtic defender I remember uh, the impact he's had obviously had Virgil van Dijk but obviously I'm not sure he'll ever reach the heights that van Dijk got to but I think he's been a more consistent Celtic player the level he's hit and stayed at I mean even some of his Champions League performances when you think about how kind of aggressive Celtic press and and play high up the pitch. Uh, I think he's been an amazing signing, and for me, uh, quite clear, and probably a bit harsh to say clear, but f- f- he has been my player of the year in the country. But, but just pick up that line from Stevens. I, I, I agree with them. Oz, I think Carter Vickers has made a more positive impression than what Virgil van Dijk did, even though Virgil van Dijk, I remember Johan Mialbo described after one training session as a Rolls Royce. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say that Carter Vickers is going to go and play at the highest level for, for Liverpool and win the Champions League and win the league down the road. Yeah. However, his contribution to Celtic compared to that is, is every bit as good, if not better. No, no, for sure. I mean, look, there, there's certain players that can come in and, and automatically just improve your team out of sight. Right. So I, I think, you know, Celtic went through um, that fact-finding mission when, when Ange initially came in. The goalkeeper situation was a tough one. Joe Hart comes in, boom, 
Yeah. You know, straight away there's that confidence and now, now your back four can grow. Carter Vickers on loan comes in. Boom. Like, you know what I mean? But they're really, really important players. I mean, I didn't see enough of Van Dyke when he was at Celtic, but, I mean, I've seen Carter Vickers and, and the, the impact that he's had, um, you know, on this Celtic team. And he, he's... He's always, you know, he's always playing. He touch on now just in terms of the injuries to the end of the season. It reminds me a lot of the other sports where you can kind of, you know, back in the old day, you you play out and then you get your surgery done at the end of the season. You don't normally hear about it done in that way anymore, do you? Yeah. Um, so he's obviously he's, he's a he's a strong mentality player as well. So they've they've landed themselves a, a good one. You're right. Does he then go on to the Van Dyke levels? Um, but anything is possible. At Rangers, uh, I don't expect to, that, they will, that we'll have any players in the shortlist uh, for the awards, but just looking uh, at the first team squad at Rangers, who do you think has been their most consistent player, their player of the year, Craig? For me, I, I, again, I know that people have got their own opinions on, 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 on Tavernier, whether it be about the captaincy, whether, but I, I can't get away from his numbers every single season. Um, and... I think once again this season at Rangers, there's been a lot of inconsistency in terms of um, team selection uh, and and therefore performances and nobody's really got on a run or rhythm. Uh, so Tav for me uh, is the standout player for for Rangers. Um, he'll be spoken about. He's not gonna he's not gonna win the yeah. the award. But um, like I says, I just think in now the positions it's been it's been chop and change and. Um, players have had, there's there's been a lot of injuries th- yeah. this season as well, which I think is a really really crucial part for next season in terms of that. You, know, you can have bad luck, uh, but that needs to be looked at uh, because at the end of the day, clubs are paying big big money. They don't want them sitting in the yeah. stands because uh, that's costing you money. I suppose when you look at it, Stephen, you know um, Paul on the line there mentioned five or six Celtic players: Carter Vickers, Jota, Kyogo, Callum McGregor, Greg Taylor, you know Maeda. Take your pick, um, and they are all eight and above. Every as, as Craig just said, there James Tavernier's been very, very steady. But there's been nobody else really at Rangers you could, that you could have picked and said you know, over a, a period fifteen twenty games they were absolutely a different class. Yeah, the the only other one probably is Borna Barisic. I mean, the one thing those two boys I know there's a lot spoke about defensively and goals at the back post and. Obviously, Borna Barisic had a real tough day in the 4 0 game at Celtic Park, but their delivery into the box are on the money. I mean, you speak about the, every time they get a corner on Sunday, they made Celtic defend. Um, and I think it's going to be a big part if Borna Barisic leaves in the summer. It's going to be a big change in the way Rangers play because I don't think they can, I don't think Yil Mazo put in the quality that, that Barisic does. I don't know if they go out and sign a similar type left back, but. I think it might be a wee bit of an end of an era of in terms of the way Rangers play, that style of the fullbacks bombing on and, and lots of crosses into the box. OK, we're going to get to our next break. We're on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors and Mark Guidi hosting tonight and for Paul Cooney. Delighted to be with Craig Moore and Stephen McGinn. The phones have been busy tonight if you want to get through 0808 17 17 700 and you can join us after the break The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go Thursday night welcome to the Go Radio Football Show 24 minutes past 6 I've got 36 minutes to go the boys have been in great form Craig Moore and Stephen McGinn I've been on the season. We've had lots of calls, lots of calls about Celtic, lots of calls about Rangers, and we've also had a brilliant wee story 
from Craig Moore about Ange Postacoglu and just how he dealt with a certain situation, Stephen, with uh, how would you have reacted if you were Matt Milligan? Um, I'm, I'm, did you tell him? Did, did Mark, you tell Mark what the answer was? Did I tell me? Yeah, I did. I did. I says, mate, you'll be alright. Really? You know what I mean? Kind of just—it was just a strange situation from the the club football to the international football. But it was brilliant the way that Edge. And again, my job was—he trusted me to be that in between between himself and the players and making sure everything was sound. Go back to music. He says, "Yeah, you'll be all right, mate. <laughs> you'll get over it. <laughs> you'll get over it." Ah, uh, bro. Let's let's look at the bottom end of the table for. Teams in a fight, Ross County at the bottom 27, then it's uh, Kilmarnock and Dundee United on 31 points, and then St Johnson on 33 points. Five games to go. Oz, how do you see that kind of shaping up? Who's going straight down? Who's going to end up in the playoff? Look, for me, um, I just think that it's hard from what I've seen in terms of Ross County uh, losing 6-1 to Hearts and I, you're going into the split now I, I felt as it was going to be tough enough for him uh, Malky McCoy I think is has is, is got a lot of experience and their best chance but I, I just feel as if Ross County are the ones that are going to go uh, Mark, I, I really do I, I see momentum at this stage of the season being absolutely critical and I don't know how you pick yourself up from a 6-1 defeat at that stage of the season when you're already under the pump you can work hard but you still need that quality and they've kind of lacked goals all season. They've been that hard to come, yeah. come, you know, and, and that's what you need at this stage of the season. So I think they're up against it. Would the two-week break have, have done them good, Stephen? Um, not sure. You know, it's a long time to stew on um, going into the last five games, four points behind. The one thing they'll be clinging on to is the fact that all these games are against teams around them. Mm. So it's not like they're getting into the last five games and maybe they've got Celtic to play then Rangers and they've probably only got three winnable games. All five of these games in any individual case are winnable, which is what they'll cling on to. Um, and they only need to kind of catch one team. I think they would, I think they would snap their hands off now to, to take the relegation playoff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, w- I watched them against Aberdeen, the, the home game. Um, they were obviously the one that all the noise about the shiny red card. And I just thought, probably on that Friday night, I thought, you know what? In these, in, in the in the split, they have enough. They're a real hard team to play against. Really physical. Ask a lot of questions with teams, and then the results the next day, kind of, or that weekend didn't go for them. Then they go to Hearts. I think they played the early game. They lose six, and then again the results didn't go for them. And you think from that situation, the Friday night, where you think they're going to get a point out of the game. I, I did personally. The situation all of a sudden looks really bleak. So um, yeah, a lot of work for them to do to, to get out of that. And eleventh, who's going to end up in the playoff? Uh, unfortunately, Mark uh, St Johnston yeah, for me. Think St. Johnson. Yeah, St Johnson. Boz, what do you think? Mm. Well, you know what? I, I think, but yeah, I don't know. Or maybe Kilmarnock. I mean, Kilmarnock yeah. for me, uh, 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 obviously a good friend in, in Derek McInnes, and they're in the situation purely because uh, away form has been horrific this season, although um, they're on the back of their first away uh, victory of the season. So he'd be looking to build from that, but. Yeah, between between Kilmarnock and St Johnson, I think Dundee United, uh, I think will find their way clear of the the trouble. Yeah, Jim Goodwin three wins uh, in a row. He's managed to to, to turn, turn things round. And Stephen Fletcher playing a, a pivotal role. Yeah, I mean Stephen Fletcher. I, I don't know him personally. I just what I see. You guys will know him better than me. Looks a great professional. Looks as if he's kept himself in order. Uh, certainly able to score goals and lead a line. Um, I would I would like 
to see someone closer to him at times. I think that he would really benefit um, and Dundee United, I think, benefit that way. You know, put someone close that can work in and around about him because he's clever. He can bring people into play and he can score important goals, which he, he's shown. OK, let's link this into the Championship. So who's going to end up playing? If it's up to Stephen, it's going to be St. Johnson or you think it could be Kilmarnock in the playoff. Who's going to be playing against them? But more importantly, who's going to win the title tomorrow night? Who's going to be the Championship champions at uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow night? Well, it's come down to this. Eh? It's come down to that very, very last match. I think you've you've had Queen's Park and Dundee looking as if they don't want to get promotion <laughs> the way the results have gone but it's come to, it's, it's come to the wire listen I, I feel as if Dundee have got a, a probably a spread of goals um, throughout the season therefore more players that can probably step up to the mark but nerves are going to play a huge part in this particular match I mean Queen's Park have been brilliant I mean if they if they were to go third consecutive season in a row in promotion which isn't out of their hands they must win uh, a draw isn't enough so Wow. I'm going to go for Dundee. Dundee to be champions. I'm going to go for Dundee to get promoted automatically and be champions. Okay, and in the playoff, who's going to get through second, third and fourth place to, to, to win the playoffs? Right, so we are looking at... So you could, you could potentially, so, so, you could so potentially Morton, one of the two... Inverness, Ian United, obviously Queen's Park, Partick Thistle. Patrick Thistle, let's see. Yeah, no, it's, it's a difficult one in terms of who's going to uh, make the, the, the play. Queen's Park or Dundee, obviously one of them going to be in the playoffs, yeah, anyway. So, Patrick Thistle are there. Inverness, Inverness are the yeah. four. Inverness, yeah. I, I think, find their way in there because they're the, they are the form, in terms of that um, division, they're the form team of that league. So, um, you're going for an inverness Kilmarnock playoff. Uh, you're helping me out a little bit there, Mark. I like that. Yeah, but that, that sounds okay. That's Billy Dodge against yeah, Billy Dodge against Billy McInnes. Old teammates, Billy's an Ayrshire boy. Yeah. Um as well. That would be that would be tasty. Yeah. But Kilmarnock. I just I'll be careful what I say about Kilmarnock because I know, you know, Derek McInnes he says he doesn't listen to these kind of things, but then oh, he, does. They, oh, oh, he listens to them. It gets reported back. So Derek, if you're listening, mate, how are you? Yeah. It's not, it's not, he'll be, it's he'll not be deleting your number as we speak. Nah, it's not, <laughs> no, but look, Kilmarnock again, he's got he's got great experience, so it's just it's tough. It's tough when you're down I there. I said somebody's got you been there. But I, I would imagine whether it's Kilmarnock, whether it's Ross County, whether it's Dundee United, whether it's St. Johnson, they'll fancy their chances of winning the playoff. They'll you would, seriously yeah, fancy that. Yeah, you, you would. They will. They, they'll fancy their, their chances of doing it. Stephen, for you, who's going to be the champions? Who's going to be in the playoff? I'm really looking forward to it tomorrow night. Um, another fitting end to what's a brilliant league. Um, I mean, you think, sorry, you did drama last season. Well, I played in that. You, you had it. You I know? played in this game yeah. kind of uh, last year with the team that wins, win the league, and it brings on an, an enormous pressures and, and nerves. You know, it, you're thinking at the end of this night we could be champions or it could be really sore. It's it's going to be that tight. I think Dundee will be kicking themselves. They've let it get to this. Yep. I think obviously Queen's Park losing Simon Murray in January. And they've struggled to score goals, but they've just kind of hung in there with Dundee not pulling away. And I actually think they're going to do it tomorrow night, Queen's Park. You fancy Queens Park? Yeah, I think win the game win, and be yeah. champions. Yes. Who's who's their main man? The boy Grant is it Grant Savory. who's had a had a, a really good season. Yeah, he's been nominated yeah. for Player of the Year, hasn't he? Really yeah. good season. I think maybe ten goals. He he's got this season because you're right. Murray's been a big miss. He's been a big big miss, and that's the only thing that has me siding with with, with Dundee, just because I see a a spread of goals throughout the squad. Uh, whereas for Queen's Park I guess that spread hasn't been as much and, and Murray's loss has been felt I think okay, and in the playoff who's going to be playing St Johnson for you in the playoff 
Well, it's probably I'm probably fresh off the back of uh, playing them on Saturday, but I actually think without the injuries, Inverness would have won the league. I think uh, with everyone fit, they've got the best team. I think they, they proved that, obviously, getting to the Scottish Cup final, but obviously they beat Livingston 3-0, they beat Kilmarnock 2-1. Um, Billy's built a team and a, and a course group of players that have been really good for the last few years, and I think at times probably just the small squads which held them back from becoming a Premiership uh, club again. So I think they'll get to the, the final of that, and I think we're playing St Johnston, and I think it could be really tight. OK, so Stephen's going for Queen's Park to win the league and Kayleigh Thistle against St Johnson playoff. Oz is going for Dundee to win the league and Kayleigh Thistle against Kilmarnock. Interesting, just let's touch back to Saturday. First it was spoken to you and uh, since the, the Scottish Cup semi-final defeat, commiserations. Did you ever think you, you were close or was, it, was the game gone from you pretty quickly? Well, I, I don't want to... I mean... Congratulations to Cali Thistle. Obviously, after a three 0 you can't kind of cling on to decisions. But we we felt that we probably needed the first goal, um, and just the way it's given with the VAR. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't realise at the time it, what the what the stop and play was for. Um, Cali Thistle hadn't claimed for anything, and to lose a goal against Cali Thistle, and although, I, I mean, he, he still speaking with that, we had that chance at one 0 Cal Morrison won't want me to bring it up again but when you get an open goal in a game like that falling to your top goal scorer you probably need to take that and Cali punished us a couple of times in the break and were worthy winners on the day Oz what did you what did you make of it Celtic v Cali Thistle in the final bit for Stevens Falkirk losing the game yeah well I, I watched that game as well and I, again you want to start the game well and you actually did start the game well and then it was a terrible decision uh, the penalty and you know at that level, that type of game, it puts you on the back foot. Um, have the opportunity to to get back into the game. Maybe you know if Morrison's goal goes goes in and it was an open goal, I'm sure he'd be kicking himself and will continue to to do. Uh, unfortunately, but one one, it's a completely different game. It's game one. In the end, um, unfortunate for for Stephen and Falkirk, Inverness and Celtic in the 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 cup final. 3rd of June I can't remember a, a cup final being as late as that June, no. and uh, then being put uh, back to half past 5 and then being put back to half past 5 which has obviously come out uh, and both clubs not happy with that and, and I, I kind of agree with that I don't understand why um, you know, I'm, I'm big on tradition yeah. you know, and, and the, the showpiece the Scottish Cup final end of season Saturday 3 o'clock um, I, I don't think you can buy that you know what I mean to then shift it and all that sort of stuff for me I'm like big on tradition so I hear what they're saying but it should be it should be a cracking cup final. Dodsey will go in there. I mean, you know, we're talking about potentially the uh, the playoffs. Um, even that to get to this stage, they knocked out two Premiership clubs. You know, so I know I know they kind of got there by default a little bit with the Queen's Park issue. Um, but Dodsey's done a great job. You'll fancy his chances um, because you can't tell anybody that you don't fancy your chances. You're not going into a game saying we're going to get beat. Um, so nah, good on him. Uh, it should be a great day. You've just played against them, Stephen. Have Inverness got a chance of making a game of it against Celtic? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, going into that game, you're thinking, with the, with the way the draw comes out, us and Cali Thistle, you're both thinking, kind of, this is your final, and Celtic Rangers have their own final. Mm -hmm. yeah. Obviously, go out and you never know. They, they beat Celtic in a semi-final years ago when a handball decision went in their favour. You, you, you obviously never know in football but I think this Celtic team should have too much for them I like the way we got there and it was a yeah, yeah. Uh, no 
<laughs> no, but, it's, but it's one. It's, it is one of those ones. I mean, look, we, we've all said prior to, to 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 your match in terms of the winner in the semi final, uh, you know, Rangers or Celtic, whoever was going to get there, then you would expect, you would fully expect. Um, now it's Celtic in the final to go go about the business. Uh, Inverness needs Celtic to have an ex- extreme off yeah. day, and they need to be at their absolute maximum. <laughs> and if my predictions come through about the playoff game, they're going to have a real packed schedule going into it. With, yeah, so with the, what I said, yeah, it's a small squad. Right. I just think it'll be too big an ask. Yeah, the playoff times or the playoff dates uh, will be moved. The Scottish Cup final will stay the same. Let's touch the kickoff time in terms of supporters. Both clubs have put statements out, not happy with it, like a consultation. Uh, from the SFA towards the the football club it's not nice to hear and once again the fans are suffering yeah and especially the Inverness fans I don't know if the the SFA they make extra money over the kick off times not clashing could they do something to provide kind of public transport for for fans I don't know what the train times or bus times are like for getting back to Inverness late on the Saturday night if any chance it goes to extra time and penalties so I don't think the majority of the Celtic fans will mind obviously being in Glasgow and um, a day out and a a drink and a potential treble. Well, what would you make the kick-off thing? You've played the number of Scottish Cup finals. Yeah, just for me, it's, you know, three o'clock Saturday, hopefully back into the season, the sun's shining, great day out, carnival atmosphere. Um, I just think there's certain things in football that we shouldn't change. Um, And for me, that that is one of them. You know, for me, three o'clock... it's the way that it has been. I think it's the way that people enjoy it. But we understand that there is a commercial component now uh, in terms of money to the game. and um, to the, These decisions can be made, Mark. But again, it's, it's how they're made in terms of the consultation. In, in terms of, I think Celtic made a, made a statement and they, they had no yeah. uh, communication with the decision makers. So these kind of things, and I imagine if that's the case with Celtic, Inverness have been the same. I just think that communication yeah, there's a way, there's a way to needs, go about to, it. needs yeah. to be better. You know, because whether we're talking the fans, the fans are huge to our game. We don't, you know, without the fans, you don't have a product to, to sell and to go and watch. And the same when you start getting to these levels, cup finals, that sort of stuff. I think you know the the, the federations have got to deal with the clubs and they've got to communicate well because we've all got to work well together to get the best results for the game moving forward. You know both managers well. We've spoken well tonight about uh, Ange Postecoglou, Billy Dodds, yeah. a, a former teammate as well, yeah. and. Uh, and a good pal. Just go. How does Billy differ from 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 Ange? Um, look, I, in terms of the coach, I'm not kind of reconnecting to be honest with you with Dodgy since I've, I've returned. But um, so I haven't really seen him operate. But I know what he was like as a player. Uh, he was um, he was he used to do some amount of moaning. By the way, as a player, I say, Dodgy, will you <laughs> shut up, mate? I know where you are. I know, <laughs> but no, he's he's gone and, and done a, a good job. And and Stephen touched on it. I think probably the last two seasons for for Inverness have been frustrating or disappointing in a way because the second uh, two seasons ago they got off to an unbelievable start. Yeah. They were unbelievable, and then all of a sudden they kind of didn't really get to um, where they needed to be. Um, this season, due to injuries and what have you, it's been an unbelievable back end to the season. Um, so he'd be kicking himself a little bit in terms of lost opportunity. Uh, but he, he, look, he knows football. He knows football. He's, um, for me, uh, he's very respectful of, um, you know, I, I guess his players uh, in, in terms of getting that balance right. Players believe in him. Uh, they want to play for him. He's up against it. He, know, he, he knows. I mean, look, 
he, the pressure was on in the cup in the cup semi final because I guess everybody expected Inverness to win. So I think it's one of those ones, Mark, where he can go try and express himself, allow his team to go and express themselves, and go and enjoy the occasion. Okay, we're on the go radio football show. Stephen McGinn and Craig Moore have been with us tonight with that cracking show. We're going into the last part after the break. If you want to get through to the boys, 08, 08 17, 17, 700, and we will look at the fixtures on Saturday and Sunday with the guys get their predictions and I haven't forgotten we will get Craig Moore's view on who should be Rangers number nine signing in the summer we'll be back after these The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go Thursday night the Go Radio Football Show we're into the last 15 minutes I'm Mark Guidi in for Paul Cooney 0808 17 17 700 we're in association with Macklin Motors if you want to get through to Craig Moore or Stephen McGinn. The boys have been in great form. Oz has just gone through the Rothmans just now. He's been on transfer market. He's been doing everything. He's given himself a budget of 35 million. He still can't find a number nine, but we'll get one out of him in the end. Before we get to that, let's touch on the fixtures a wee bit coming up uh, this weekend. What have we got first? Hibernian against St Mirren. Hibernian appointed a new director of football. Brian McDermott, very experienced man, certainly down south. Uh, Stephen, not a lot of experience in Scottish football, but what do you make of that appointment at your former club? Yeah, it was, uh, came, came from nowhere. It broke last night. Um, Brian McDermott, I played against his Redden teams. Uh, always really highly respected in England. Um, been out of football a few years. And, and Hibs with not replacing Graham Matthew when he left a year or two back um, yeah it'd be real interesting to, fo- to follow that one How do you think the game is going to go to your former teams going head to head? I think it's huge I think it's a real tight game in the battle for Europe I think obviously St Mern have broke that hoodoo we're getting into the top six um, and now now they're in there they've got to be starting thinking a bit European and, and dreaming but this is a real six pointer and I think they'll be I think it'll be a one-one draw. I think both teams will try not to lose that one. Tell me this because I, I was on here a couple of weeks ago, and you said if St. Man make it, the first person you'll contact is Tony Fitzpatrick. Do you get in touch with him? Yeah, he te- texts me back. Really appreciated the message. Um, he I must know, have been buzzing, eh? He, I, oh, he's, he was off the ceiling because um, he did. He did get a lot of stick. Obviously, the timings he said it, but what he what he's always maintained. He, when I was club captain there. He always said, "Look, this club." has been, it's, I'm not talking about a club that's never been top six in European games. I, I've been there as, as a player, That that's what happened here. Um, and it's just about probably raising the expectation and, and demanding that the club keep, continues to grow. And when you look at what other clubs have done, obviously for, for a long time, St Johnston, uh, in and out of Europe, third places, fourth places, and he was just of the opinion, why can't that be St Mirren every year? Yeah. And uh, I was delighted that Stephen Robinson finally delivered it. Good and Oz, you look at that game, yeah. Hibernian against St Mirren. Uh, look, for me, I think it, it is a tough game. Um, I think Hibs at home, uh, I think, can be too strong in this. St Mirren, as we, as uh, Stephen touched on, was in 1985, the last time they made the, the, the top six. I followed their journey a little bit, Stephen, this year because taking a couple of Aussie lads in there, I think I've had very good seasons in Ryan Strain and, and Keanu Bacchus. Um, 
I watched their first game of the season against Motherwell, which didn't go their way, uh, but yeah. they actually played well in the game. So I kind of felt as if a, a positive season was there. So delighted for Stephen Robinson and everything that they've achieved this season with St Mirren. The big test is going to be to go again next season now. Uh, but I, I just feel as if Hibs have, are probably going to have too much at home. Uh, like I said, it's, it's been a fantastic season. Um, for St Mirren a bit stop start for Hibs yeah. a bit stop start but I think that they should have the quality to go and get a home a home win in a very very important match OK Motherwell Kilmarnock Oz look at that one Yep. for his first Stuart Kettlewell against Derek uh, McKinsey say you've just tipped Kelly to, to finish in the limit yeah, yeah, have you heard Fidel yet? No? Uh, no no well to be fair I, I messaged him the other day I'm still <laughs> <laughs> Motherwell, it's look, Motherwell at home. Stuart Kettlewell's done a, an, a, an amazing job, um, and Kevin Van Veen, Player of the Month, um, banging in goals. Kilmarnock haven't had obviously great success away from home. Dell won't mind me saying that because he'd be disappointed in that himself. Um, they did, as we know, um, before the split, they get an away victory. But I, I think Motherwell will be too strong at home. I think it'll be tight. I'm going to go two-one Motherwell. Two-one Motherwell, Stephen. Yeah, I've gone for Motherwell as well. Uh, just just when it started to look as if Motherwell were totally out of it, um, even after getting a good point at Celtic Park, they must have got in and looked at the scores and they've probably still got a win, a win left in them to, to complete the job that Stuart Kettlewell's come in to do and that's to keep Motherwell in the league. It's a fixture. I watched the fixture, obviously, with uh, Paul playing the last time and Motherwell were 2-0 up and absolutely cruising. Mm-hmm. Come on, look down to 10 men and... Mm. Somehow the game changed and Kilmarnock got a draw that night. But I think with the form, uh, Kevin Van Venas and, and Kilmarnock's away record this season, I've gone for 2-0 Motherwell. 2-0 Motherwell, OK. Mm. Ross County, Livingston, Ross County, as we've touched on before the last break. Uh, bottom of the table, Livingston, nothing really to, to, to play for. Do you see this one? This could be Malky's best chance of getting a win and you want to do it in the first game. I think it's going to be his best chance um, absolutely but I'm going to keep this very very short and simple I, I, Livingston haven't been unbelievable but I still think they can be they can be difficult at times to play against I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw which I don't think is going to be enough for Ross County OK 1-1 draw Stephen how do you think it's going to go in Dingwall? Yeah I think it's a must win for Ross County yeah, I do I think as you say Livingston the only team in the bottom six not totally out of, uh, they're totally out of it and I just think they have to win and I think when a team has to win and the other team must Without, it's, without meaning that I know they say you're in holiday mode but it's just that when you're not playing with that real desire you need points and you're playing against a team it's hard yeah. so I, I fancy Ross County 1-0 how will Malky's obviously your, your old gaffer how will Malky be under this kind of situation this circumstance we did it before uh, obviously been in relegation battles I was in a relegation battle my first uh, season with Malky and he, he, he was calm um, really demanding kind of got as a group together and I think they'll have used the two weeks Malky and Don Cowie I think they've really kind of pushed that unity and try and pull everyone together and look to start this one off with as a, as, as a winnable game for them it's not one of their six pointers yet but it's a, a must win game I think they'll get it 1-0 OK Tayside Derby Saturday afternoon St Johnson maybe just needing one win uh, to be saved and United on a really good run Stephen what do you think of that two interim managers Stephen McLean at, uh, at Perth and uh, Jim Goodwin at Tannadice well I think obviously the, the form that Dundee United are in and I think they've tightened up um, obviously McGrath scored a few goals recently but they're led by Stephen Fletcher he's obviously 
when a player that well I mean when your striker's playing as well as he is and leading the line the way he is uh, no surprise you're starting to win games and I just think St Johnson they've not won in so long I've gone for 2-1 Dundee United 2-1 Dundee United oh, so how do you see it going at McDermott Park Saints not won at home since they beat Rangers 2-1 back in November yeah um, that's not it's not great form and like it's, it's been a battle for them as well um, in, in terms of I guess the depth of the squad and you can be tested at times and we, we look at probably the team a couple of seasons ago the players they lost it's very very hard at that level to replace um, but I think they'll be safe in the league I think this is a game that probably ends up a draw as well I, I see I see a 1-1 draw here I think both both clubs would take that point and run at this stage with that you were a kid at Rangers when Stephen McLean yes. uh, was, was, or Stephen was a, yeah, good a kick and Alec Cleland as well who's part of the backroom team that you yep. that you know well would you like to see Macca get the job on a, on a permanent basis okay. again I think if he keeps him up um, that, that'll be a, a, a good job indeed um, young manager would bring new energy look my, my involvement with him as a young lad to be fair I've seen how mentally strong he was even as a young lad he was actually an ACL injury and um, worked with him through his, his rehab um, top boy, and uh, grown man now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Look, if he if he if he does a good job and, and manages to keep them up, then why not? I, I mean, I don't see why then that the opportunity wouldn't be there from him. He's he stayed on, uh, and I'm sure that would have been on the best wishes of Callum Davidson, yeah. uh, as well. So hopefully, he can go in and do the, and do the business and 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 get that opportunity to go again next season. Okay, Sunday afternoon, two big games. Hearts v Celtic at Tynecastle, a 2.15 kick-off, and then an Ibrox Rangers host Aberdeen at three o'clock. We'll go to Tynecastle. Stephen, Stevie Naismith, uh, another interim uh, manager, a really good one against Ross County. Uh, last time out, still trying to battle to get that third spot, but against a Celtic team that know that they are just three points away from lifting the title. Yeah, and I think they get the three points to, to win the title. Uh, looking forward to the game I think there'll be goals in it um, I think Hearts will score with the absence of, of Carter Vickers but I think Celtic will be too strong I've gone for 3-1 3-1 Celtic oh, so how do you see that playing out? Look for me Hearts uh, as good as what they've been at times um, back end of the season uh, hasn't been great and normally when they've come up against Celtic out with the, the thriller which was the 4-3 yeah um, Celtic have, have have been really really comfortable. Uh, I just don't think Hearts have hit that level against uh, the, the stronger teams in Rangers and Celtic. Uh, Stephen Naismith did get a turn, a tune out of him in the six one win against uh, Ross County. But I, I mean, Celtic will win it. It's just I, I I think it will be quite comfortable. You know, I really do. I think it'll be initially uh, first fifteen minutes will be tough, but I think Celtic will go and win by by two or three goals. Okay, you mentioned that four three game. Lon Shanklin get a hat trick that yep. day. Let's link that into the, the Rangers search for number nine. Is he the oh, kind I see that, where you're going. Yeah, is I he see the kind going. that they should be looking at? Should he be on the radar or do you have somebody different in mind? I think I think with recruitment, you should always start with what you know and what's local. And then if you don't think it's good enough, then then you spread the net a little bit further. Um Lawrence Shanklin, look, he's he's a player that's obviously had a fantastic season. He's a goal scorer. Um, there's no doubt about that. I think he's physical enough. Um, is he going to be a number one striker for Rangers? In my opinion, no. Um, and I'm sure as a player that's scoring week in, week out, he's 
I don't think Fancy going somewhere where he's not going to be the main the main striker. And obviously finances come comes into it, Mark. So we we touch on the difficulties. We know what Rangers need, but the difficulties and the dynamic of trying to bring the right player the right price and, and where it all makes sense. You I mean give us an insight because you're involved in, in the agency work. You've got your finger on the pulse all around the world. I mean agency links itself into recruitment, etc. Just how I know it sounds easy. Go and find a number, you know, the Rangers. Go and find a number nine. Go and find us a Michael Moles, an Ali McCoy, or yeah. some people say go and find us uh, mm-hmm. the equivalent to Kyogo. But it's it sounds easy, but it's not. No, it it isn't. But for me, um, I just go on and rattle my network. I've got an unbelievable network. Uh, it's something that I that, that I take pride in. It's something that I've always taken pride in after finishing football. Um, having good contacts. So, you know, you talk about South America, um, great contacts. Uh, Europe, obviously, we, we have access. And a lot of it is, is through former players, former Rangers players. And and, and I think that is, is, is something maybe that, uh, you know, Rangers have missed a trick because those relationships you should always be... Is that something John Bennett, right from the very top of the club now, the chairman, has to start rebuilding relationships? Because, I mean, we know about a lot of fallouts with, with, with different associations Media. different things but it's so important to have relationships it's so important to have friends to, to get your card marked to get things going I think you made a great point there no you have to I mean if as a football club any football club right? we're talking about Rangers at this moment in time you should be in a position where you're able to pick up the phone to Rina Gattuso you're able to pick up the phone to Mikel Arteta you're able to pick up the phone to Claudio Canigia Sebastian Rosenthal was an agent in South America Gordon Petrich was recently the head coach of Partizan yeah. Belgrade I mean the I've just given you a little bit. I've got, sure. I've got, I've got a lot more than that. You know what yeah. I mean? But that's 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 how it works. They, and and again, they, these are people that have had great experiences at the football club, and then they've also got a network. So you know, it, it just depends what you have in place because that's not, that's only one part of it. Yeah. You know, then you obviously got to go and maybe get live eyes, and and depends whether clubs then have systems yeah. in place. But as you see, the, the, the tip off is a starting point. Ah. Have you seen this guy? Boom, get on a flight and get out and watch him. Easy. It should be. Right, very quickly, let's go to Ibrooks. Rangers v Aberdeen. Barry Robson's been given the job. Apparently Aberdeen. Congratulations to Barry. How's it going to go at Ibrooks? Barry, Barry Robson has done an amazing job. Um, congratulate him on getting the role. I think Rangers will win. I think it'll be 2-1. What I what I don't want to see is, is anybody starting that game that's not going to be there next season. 2-1 <laughs> for Rangers. Stephen? I think Aberdeen obviously have taken the lead in all four games against Rangers this season. It's going to be incredibly tight, but I agree with Craig. I think 2-1 Rangers. Brilliant boys, you've been brilliant tonight. Thank you very much to Stephen McGinn and to Craig Moore and Mark Goody and for Paul Cooney. This has been the Go Radio Football Show. Tomorrow night we'll be back with Andy Walker and Stephen McGinn. If you want to get through to the boys tomorrow, please remember to dial the number 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.